Hey everybody and welcome to a rare Wild Ride with Steve-O. Our guest this week is special. In many ways, not the least of which is that they don't do interviews very often. How we got her? Crazy, who knows? But it is Paris Jackson. And as I tell you this, I am on tour in Canada with a gorgeous puppy on my lap named Rue, which we picked up at the Toronto Humane Society. Why? Because Wendy's afraid of the bus, and I could not do it to her anymore, forcing her to travel around on the bus. So since I don't have Wendy on tour, I decided to pick up a foster dog. We're going to find a home for him, and I, I just want to do that all the time. I'd like to find a home for a dog in every city I go to, but that's just because I care about the world. And also, I care about the environment, and that's why I love liquid death mountain spring water. That's right. It comes in infinitely recyclable aluminum cans, and their mission is to bring death to plastic. That's why it's called liquid death. The cans are super cool. They look like tall boy beer cans, and... What else can I say about them? They are so generous that if you go to liquiddeath.com slash stevo, they will give you free shipping on any order of water and or merch. And their merch is a whole lot of fun. Their water is fantastic. And they are saving the world along with me and Rue. So... Jump on this deal because shipping ain't cheap and they're giving it to you for free by going to liquiddeath.com slash stevo for free shipping on all of your orders of water and merch. Now, let's get into it. Okay, so... Did you rescue her? She's sweet. How, like, how long have you had her? I've, I've, uh, five years and... Three days. Five days or something. That makes sense. She's been around five years. You're funny. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. And and we let, let's get you kind of on that mic just so that we. I mean, Bob means pull it over to you so you can keep playing with Wendy. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, she really is some, something else. And uh, and here we go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Paris Jackson. Hello. 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 What's up? This uh, this is quite quite the honor. Thank you so much for for coming. I was just telling you that uh, I I felt like really pretty nervous about about asking if you would do this. Why? Just because it seemed like a long shot. Like uh, I mean I don't know. I think like I maybe maybe I'm just that that's just me. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, thank you for that. It yeah. was really really cool. Um, do you remember? Uh, we saw each other at uh, an acting studio. I was, yeah, I was probably like, I want to say, four, 13, 14, maybe? It, it's been, it's been, like she, a, it's, it's a, been a full decade. Yeah. It, it was, you it, were sober? Yeah, I was sober. It was absolutely uh, 2012. And uh, I, I, I don't even know if I ended up taking any classes there, but um, I had signed with uh, that, that manager that I was with for a short time. Is that Were you getting ready for the uh, Samuel L. Jackson? No, no, it wasn't even about the Samuel L. Jackson. When you had a cool mustache for a while? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, what it was was that I signed with this manager and, and they were like, dude, you got to take acting classes. This is a big, important thing. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went over to check out this, this acting studio and there was Paris. I was like, oh, well, that's cool. I don't know that we really... Yeah, you were, like, auditing one of the classes, I think, and I was on my way out because, like, the teen class had just ended, and so I was on my way out. I'm actually, my, my best friend that I met in that uh, class, like, when I was, like, 12, 13, like, he's still one of my close friends cool. to this day. Can yeah. you cry on demand? I'd rather not, but, like, I can't. I <laughs> but it's possible? <laughs> you think you can cry on demand? How I've much you pay? I've been uh, trying to cry, and I'm like, fuck, I, I'm like watching, like, Legends of the Fall, and I see Brad Pitt cry. I'm like, dude, how... Sometimes menthol helps. There have been times where I couldn't do it. Menthol? Menthol. Like, they'll blow... Like, that's what I did for... I did, like, a... A music video for a friend of mine. The 30 Seconds to Mars video. Like, a couple oh, cool. years ago. And uh, I couldn't cry on command, so... That one time. So they, like, blew menthol into my eyes. And, yeah, and, and let, let's be clear, too, that we're talking about, like, crying, like, as an as a performance yeah. in acting but but what you're saying is that you have not cried in life i can't neither when's i can't cry i you know i i, I cried like maybe like a week ago <laughs> um, for like 10 seconds and then i was like dude was that what? cool you know afterwards and he's right, like right. was that cool this this was your homework to try to cry with your therapist yeah because i like i i it gets stuck here <laughs> uh -huh. and i can't like i'll just be like and then I'm like, nobody's around. I'm like, it looks so stupid. And then I stop. You <laughs> Have know? Have you tried Breathworks? No. I feel like that might help. I, I read bit. that, but I'm like, I don't even want to, like, do Breathwork. Why not? Because I'd rather just, like, watch TikTok. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's a way you can find a combination of the two. Yeah. Or menthol. Or menthol. That works, too. Because, like, pain doesn't make me cry. Mm-hmm. Sadness doesn't make me cry. Did Being happy makes beauty? me curious. Yeah, beauty. Yeah. yeah. Make you cry. I cry at Cirque du Soleil shows. Do you really? I swear I do. Like because, because I'm sitting there just thinking like I'm so moved by how totally radical like this talent is and just like the the possibilities for what humans are capable of doing is so moving to me that I can't stand how rad they are and like I just start crying. But everybody's watching the show, and nobody knows I'm crying, so I just kind of like, you know, write it. But if, any, if I were to speak to anybody, they would be able to tell I was crying, but, but nobody you, knows. I'm, I cry in secret at yeah. Cirque du Soleil. But are you, like, teary-eyed, or are you, like... <laughs> I'm not audibly crying. It's, like, more, like, it's, like, thank God I'm not in a conversation, because it would be so obvious I'm crying. Wow. There, there's a way to, like, just let the tears fall and keep it... I do that a lot. I really? Actually, yes. <laughs> Very like in tune with my, or I try to be in tune with my emotions. That's um, rad. Yeah. I remember. Uh, I think it was like. Um, I think this is how it happened. That like they're like, like on some random like silly thing that I put on Instagram. I saw that there was like a comment from you underneath, and I just thought like, wow, like. Paris Jackson follows me on Instagram like what a trip red and uh, and so then I followed you back mm -hmm. and uh, and then you know ever since then every once in a while I'll see like wow she saw my post like that's super cool and uh, and that's why I was able to ask you if you would do this because I knew you followed me so mm -hmm. I could send you a, a direct message yeah. and uh, I think it's just it, it would fall under the the counterintuitive like uh, category to think that like you know, like I think we're an odd pairing, is what I'm getting at. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, 
pretty solid timing too like when you messaged me i just so happen to have my, i don't check my dms really like ever i've actually had some of my close friends get upset because i don't text back i don't if people call me i pick up um or if people want to see me i'll show up but like i'm i'm horrible with texting and dming so Man. it was like kind of by by chance that i happened to see it it's by, it's why we, why we call like, it a, a god shot in in, in my world we, like uh, the universe intended for it to be synchronicity yeah yeah i just wonder why people are bad at texting because i respond pretty quickly i don't want to i I don't want to be good at it but i take it personal when somebody doesn't i'm like dude you took three hours (laughs) (laughs) i mean the the people in my life that uh i feel like maybe should stay in my life are the type of people that are understanding of it a lot of my a lot of my friends like have kids and like lives so they they don't care they also are like, oh, I want to see you too. I'll see you in November. Like, let's make plans three months away because it's like we're both busy. We have things to do. I've got like a couple jobs and like traveling. What and... about someone you're dating? Um, What's the best way to get a hold of you there? But I see you make time in for a that. hypothetical. I don't know. Like, call me. I may pick up if it's urgent. Call twice. That's what I tell people. Or if they text you, I'll, I probably won't respond. Ooh. I've had. I've actually. There was one girl that. Like, this was a few years ago. We were fully... We were fully seeing each other. I brought her as a date to, like, my uh, my cousin's wedding. She brought me as a, as a date to one of her friend's wedding. Like, it was, like, going on for a while. And, and uh, my way of showing up is I like to... I'll drive out to you. You know, if you live in downtown and I'm living in Topanga, like, I'll drive all the way, like, a couple times a week. I don't mind. But I won't text you back. And at the end <laughs> of the day, like, that was the Too deciding much. factor of it just didn't work. Like, she just didn't like that about me. And, and you know, I... A few years go by and I wanted to like apologize and make it right and then I ended up doing it again and it's like it's so a part of who I am that I'd like to make things right and apologize but it's it's kind of pointless to apologize for for behavior for something that you're not going to change so I could I could apologize and be like (sighs) were you guys living together no no we lived on opposite ends of town the fix is just move her in and then you don't have to worry about (laughs) shit at the time I had like five roommates Oh. And like five animals. So I have that like, dynamic with our jackass director, Jeff Tremaine. He never responds to texts and, and it hurts my feelings every time. And then I'm like, ah, and, and, and I'll be like, ah. yeah. And uh, I just don't get it. I'm like, but, um, but yeah, some people just don't want to be good at texting. How do you guys feel about like voice memos? Yeah, yeah, voice. A lot of people do that. I'm yeah. the best texter in the world. He really is. Really? But that's the problem. His, he, he calls it ERT, his email response time, off the charts. Like if you had a business and you wanted to go into business with them and you saw like their percentage of their ERT was like a high percentage, you're like, oh, dude, I know they get back to me quick, mm-hmm. you know? But if they have like a 40%, it's like, yeah. I don't want to work with these people. Should you do the voice memo thing? No, because then it, if, if I listen to it and I don't respond and I lose it, I don't re- my OCD will take over and I'm like, fuck, did I imagine that or did I really send it? Yeah. So yeah. That makes sense. Right. So I'm a texter. Um, so the, uh, the, there, there was just the, the realizing that you followed me on Instagram. I got a real kick out of that. And then now that I reached out to you about doing this, like, I, I, I just I get the sense that you don't do a lot of interviews, that, that you're like, you know, like a fairly private person. Yeah. You keep a... Uh, you don't uh, text. You keep, you keep a small I circle. Like technology. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah, I do. I keep a small circle. And, um, and, and I couldn't help but have this sense. I'm like, man, I, I feel like uh, 
profoundly grateful, maybe even a little bit proud, that I've turned into a guy that that you would feel comfortable being like, yeah, come on, I'll come over and have a conversation on, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, I, I feel, I, I feel like uh, I, I've turned into, I've become a guy that, that, uh, like, maybe that there's some kind of a, people feel there's a reason to trust me. Mm-hmm. Like, when they wouldn't even necessarily have any proof of, of that. Yeah. And it's rad. Yeah. I try not to, like, judge people based off of what I see on their social medias and things like that but I do for some reason have like a pretty decent intuition if I can if I can like see a picture of someone and I can look at their eyes it's like a good photo of their eyes and stuff uh-huh. I can kind of get a general sense sense for what they'll be like in person regardless wow. of what the caption is regardless of what filter they're using like any of the whatever product they're selling I can usually just look at the person's eyes and kind of get a and yeah, you seem like a smart and like kind person. So well, thank really. you. Do you get a feeling, or do you see colors, like auras? Yeah, see if I can see auras. Uh, I mean, if I tried really hard, I could probably. Yeah, I mean, yours is kind of. What's my the color? The trick is to look around the head, and yours is in front of something white, which makes it easier. I don't know. Someone taught me this like years ago. And so, what color do you see? Kind of like blue-ish. What about Steve? Bluish green. I'm like yours is like a darker blue. I'm like wondering like what the hell is going on, and I I love how much Wendy loves you. <laughs> well, look at that. Do you see any auras in Wendy? She's a rainbow unicorn. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um, your eyes could just. I don't know if auras are real or if it's I just your eyes are. playing playing tricks on you. But if you if someone's standing in front of something white, I mean, you can kind of see something around their heads, but. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you kind of unfocus your eyes and look for a color. And yeah, our buddy's mom, like, stare here, and then, like, the peripheral, mm-hmm. like, things pop up, like, a little, like... So that's, like, some uh, clairvoyant kind of psychic... Yeah. Also, I learned that, like, some eyes can see more... Co- I mean, there's obviously people that are colorblind, yeah. but then there's also, like, more broad spectrum, broader spectrums of color that some people see and some people can't mm-hmm. and they like have certain tests online and stuff and i did one and apparently i can see more than average i guess like my eyes pick up on different that's impact. cool yeah am i allowed to vape in here Is that go okay? for it yeah yeah it doesn't linger we were just uh watching ufc fights with this um this british superstar of of uh the ufc named patty the baddie Okay. And he was <laughs> fucking smoking spliff after spliff after spliff. And I was thinking to myself, God, I haven't subjected myself to this much goddamn pot smoke in my 14 years of sobriety. This cocksucker, I wish he would stop with the fucking weed. And uh, he's just, I was that excited to be hanging out with him that I let it slide. Yeah. So you, you and your vape is totally cool. Well, this is, this is just nicotine. I don't think you can get contact high. Yeah, I right? mean... No, it's vape. A, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think all the nicotine goes into your lungs. And then, yeah, and, and we ended up just kind of moving across to the other side of the the, the area, and, and it wasn't so bad. Um, so we just uh, welcomed you to, to my house, and thank you for, for coming here. And, and you had a pretty big reaction to my Motley Crue shirt. Mm-hmm. And you showed me that you have a, a Motley Crue tattoo. I actually have two. I didn't show you the other one. The, the second one I have is... Uh, Wow. Oh, shit. Wow. You really are a hardcore Motley Crue fan. Yeah, in, like, freshman year of high school, I had, like, 
I had that hair, the fucking Nikki Six hair, uh-huh. the layered jet black dyed. I look like Joan Jet. Like it was, you know, I've had like the big spiky bracelets that got confiscated at TSA because it's a weapon type thing. Yeah. Like, I was a very angsty, like heavy metal '80s kid. Dude, that that's so epic. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. So I was gonna tell you that um, when I when I was 13 years old, not I'll, I'll tell this quickly. Um, Super Motley Crue fan. It was 1987, and I lived in Toronto, and they had their Girls, Girls, Girls tour. Mm-hmm. So the day before the concert, I saw on the news they were like, they were in some kind of trouble. They set a hotel room on fire, some weird shit, mm-hmm. and it was on the news that they were like, these you know, these jerks are in our city doing this stuff, and and I'm like just freaking out because I'm like the con the concert's the next day. So I arrive at the conclusion that they're in a hotel, and like I'm gonna fucking track them down. So um, I, I went running to my room to uh, get the name of their manager from my album sleeves on the tape cassettes, okay. and it was Doc McGee. And then I went running to the phone book, the Yellow Pages, and I called every single ho- hotel in the Yellow Pages, starting at the top, and asking for a room. Please put me through to Doc McGee's room. And called for fucking hours and hours, and uh, then I ultimately was patched through to a hotel room, and this guy answered the phone. I was, I said, is that Doc McGee? And he says, no, this is Doc's brother, Scott. And, and I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, as in Motley Crue, is the crew there? And he's like, how'd you get this number? And I told him I just called every hotel in the Yellow Pages, and he was like, man, that's fucking awesome. How would you like backstage passes for the show tomorrow wow. night? And so... Uh, and they gave me fifth row tickets, and so, um, yeah, I was 13 years old, and, and my dad took me, and, and um, we sat in the seats I got, and, and dad took photos of me with Tommy Lee and Nikki Six. Mm, that is awesome. What was your dad, like, I, I can't imagine your dad, like, at the, the concert, fifth <laughs> I row. I mean, dad was just stoked. Like, the thing was that... Um, this was before they had like call waiting, you know. So if uh, if you're on the phone, then the other person's just gonna get a busy signal. There's no beep to click over and in. So I was tying up the phone. It was a Saturday. Dad was like watching football in the living room. Mom was annoyed that I was tying up the phone. Mom says, "Hey, stop tying up the phone." And I'm like, "Mom, I'm calling Motley Crue." My dad is kind of observing what was going on. He. Uh, had never seen me quite so on fire for something like you know I, he could tell I was turned on I was like uh, just driven in this thing and and that's all he ever wanted for me mm-hmm. I was just one bad report card after another constantly in trouble a fucking nightmare like wake up like apply yourself you fucking asshole and mm-hmm. here I was and so dad told mom like you know honey back off like he's calling Motley Crue you know and dad like allowed it so the answer the the answer to your question like what was dad like during the concert he didn't fucking care he was stoked that his kid was on fire for something you know yeah that's pretty cool and I described that whole experience as having kind of turned me into a monster because there was nothing for me to say to Nikki Six or Tommy Lee but the fact that I was standing next to my heroes because of just my pure will to do so like Mm -hmm. it was so empowering that like it really gave Gave me the sense that that I, I could you know there's no limit to what I can accomplish if I really fucking go for it you know and yeah. I feel strongly about that in in life in general that's so rad 
I was kind of around the same age when I first saw them play. Are you seeing them in like a week? I think they're playing like a week and a half, two weeks. Were they at the uh, Staples Center? I would. It was on my calendar for the longest time, but uh, I'm on tour myself, so okay, I, I, I head out for a tour tomorrow. Good for you. I'm sure they'll be back around. Yeah, I mean, whatever, dude. I'm not tripping. It's uh, it's all good, and, and um, I don't need to be in another fucking big marijuana cloud like I was with sure. Patty the Patty. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of grades did you get in school? Were you, did you get in trouble a lot? Did you not get in trouble? Um, it may not come as a shock to learn that when I was a kid, I found myself in a lot of hairy situations. But these days, not so much. Because it's so easy for me to have a nice, smooth, fresh, clean shave thanks to the good people at Harry's. Harry's brings us the best men's shaving products out there. I mean, the five blade razor that stays sharp for ages. And it's all so affordable, man. I remember back in the day when I was just throwing money away on gimmicky razors that vibrated, like heated up, like all this nonsense that was just totally unnecessary. And as soon as I switched to Harry's, I felt like just a cooler guy, man. Like, I don't need all the gimmicks and the bells and whistles. I got classy shaving products that work extremely well. I've never wanted to turn back. And by the way, I've been using Harry's for a long time since before I got into business with them on this podcast. That's why they're one of my favorite sponsors of this podcast. And bless them for having such a wonderful deal for you guys. If you go to Harry's dot com slash devo you're gonna get yourself a starter kit which comes with the five blade razor the travel case to protect the razor the weighted ergonomic handle the foaming shave gel and a body wash and this all comes in at a value of $16 but the listeners of the wild wild ride podcast will get it for just three bucks. How about that? That's worth becoming a Harry's customer. Just try it because I did and I loved it and I've never turned back and neither will you. Plus it's going to save you a whole bunch of money. So one more time, go to harrys.com slash Devo to get this killer starter kit and become a Harry's loyalist like me. Yeah. Harry's.com slash Devo. Now let's hear about Paris when she was a kid. You seem pretty mellow. Have you always been like this? Yeah, just sadder. Um, I was always pretty, like, kind of, like, stuck to myself. Uh, well, I was homeschooled for the first, like, six grades, and I did fine. Yeah. That way I just, I learned better when it's one-on-one or, like, with my brother. For and sure. then uh, I went to, like, a private school in L.A. for a few years. I struggled there in part because I just didn't have social skills. And then the other part of it was fully, like, my undoing. Like, I didn't like fitting in, and I, I enjoyed the things that made me look a little scarier. Like, the Motley Crue stuff and the combat boots with my uniform. Yeah. Like, I loved that. And I liked getting uniform violations. I liked getting detention. And so, you know, I, ha- I had some struggles there. But a lot of it was, like, I will take full accountability for it. Some of it was, like, out of my hands. And then um, I did all right in, like, the right right-sided stuff of your brain like the the, 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 the art. artsier stuff yeah. and like language and things like that other than spanish i was horrible at spanish um but like m- the maths 
didn't do I did in science I didn't do well in those I would like just barely pass every year and then I did like school in Utah for a couple of years and then I finished early because I was just I was done so by the time I came back to LA I was like I want to finish a year early I want to be done so you didn't play any sports in high school or um nothing that I was like really like good at yeah like I was like kind of kind of decent at a few of them uh, like volleyball was kind of just like easy because I'm tall. That's all you really for like for like school sports. Like yeah, all you really need is the height when it comes to, to volleyball. Yeah, especially in high school, if you're tall, like you're taller than the most. Yeah. And uh, on my dad's side of the family, I think it's like maybe my dad's cousin. Um, this my dad's cousin Jane Glover is this like super famous uh, orchestra conductor lady and at one point we were over in England and we went to see one of her shows which was attended by the the royal duchess of Kent which is like this royal family lady and I was just a little kid and um, the the we met the the duchess of Kent and she asked my sister like you know what do you are you a musician as well and you know and then and then uh, the Duchess of Kent asked me, do you play anything? And I said, yeah, I play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It, it was, and I didn't think I was being funny. But, uh, but yeah, I think that, that what made me think of that is that you're probably the other way around where Scott's asking you, did you do any sports? And you were like, well, no, I played instruments. Yeah. Like I played music. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been into the, into the music thing. Ma- mainly like it was just a hobby for a long time and then in the last few years I was just like this is way more than a hobby this is like a massive part of who I am as a person and it's it's my favorite thing in the world so um playing music yeah writing playing learning um anything involved like I'll spend I didn't read for a long time I used to be an avid reader as a kid I just recently in the last few weeks like started picking up books again Ooh, I got a book coming out next month really yeah my second copy I'll read it yeah, like, actually, I will. What book made you want to get back in the reading? Ishmael. Yes. yes. You by guys read it? Sure. <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah but, by Daniel Quinn. I name it as my second most important book to read. What's After, the first one? Uh, Conversations with God, book one by Neil Donald Walsh. I haven't read that. Okay, Ooh. wait. Uh, where's my phone? Yeah, what did he will keep you, calling? Will you message me and let sure. me know that? That, that yeah. is, okay, so this, Ishmael. this Ishmael. is from Ishmael, this tattoo I have. Don't you have an Ishmael tattoo? I, I don't have an Ishmael tattoo, no. This is from, so each, every time you hit a new chapter, there's a little bamboo thing. Okay. Like every chapter, that's what that's from. That's so cool that you guys have read that. That's yeah, my favorite book. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an important book because like to read it is so like kind of depressing. Like you you walk, like I remember like reading it and like walking through an airport and just thinking like none of this is supposed to be this way. Like Mm -hmm. this is fucking awful. Like we're like we're the human race is such a like like not not like virus (laughs) like back like a a virus but almost like just a cancer. You know, like a cancer on the world. Like. It's so, uh, and it's such a wonderful way that that book, you know, just using this relationship between a gorilla and this this kid, like, you know, must that like have an earnest desire to save the world. Like, mm-hmm. it's the, the most preposterous uh, fictional novel with the the most deep and real, yeah. like 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 wisdom about about the the, the dangers of of uh, humanity. What? I don't mention the gorilla when I tell people about it that haven't read it. Right. I listened to the audiobook and the gorilla's voice was phenomenal. Really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't read the. I don't. I don't really do. I don't listen to audiobooks. It was really. like a, a an interesting accent. I think it was like maybe even English, like okay. if I can recall. But what okay. was the, what was the book that got you in the reading? 
book that got me into reading. I mean, I remember reading as a kid. Like, uh, there but I hated book. reading as a kid, and then I loved it as a kid. There, there's a book that I loved as a kid called, uh, called My Side of the Mountain, and it was this kid who ran away from home. Yeah lived in the mountains, like had this hollowed out tree. Yeah, I remember, I read that book in yeah. fifth grade. and that book made me just so stoked to run away from home. <laughs> like, and, and what was extra rad was that this kid ran away from home, lived in a tree, like lived off the land, and then at the end, like his family fell on like terrible hard times, and they all like, like moved into trees with the kid who ran away from home. So he was like, bailed his family out, and he was just like the man at the end. That's cool. Man. What about your <laughs> favorite book as a kid? As a kid, I don't know. Um, I just I read so much because that was like our form of currency growing up. Like my 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 brothers and I, like my dad wanted us to like trading books. Well, not necessarily. So we um we weren't just like handed things. Like we we lived life in like a silver spoon kind of way. Like we literally had everything. I never had to worry about like my next meal or roof over my head, whatever it was. Like I got to see the world, but things weren't just like the good stuff wasn't just like thrown at us. Um, we had to like work for it. So our dad had us use like books as currency. So it's like, oh, if we're going to FAO Shorts and you want five toys, well, you have to read five books and I will quiz you on it. And so I like <laughs> wow. read all seven Chronicles of Narnia in a week. Like really? I, I woke up at 6 a.m., read the first book, finished it by bedtime, and then next day did the same thing. And in seven days, I finished the whole shit. Uh, and that was like, I got seven toys. You know what I mean? Like that was <laughs> that was uh, that yeah. was our currency. We like had to earn it. And books are like knowledge is power is what he used to say. And books hold. My a lot dad of said that oh, too. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. I remember like I was at some uh, some some food drive like to you know, give uh, food away and some some person there was just like oh you know you're you need to go you need to be saved by jesus and i was like damn i'm just frustrated this guy with his like my dad's like well the next time someone does that like uh you know ask them you know this question about like the original greek scriptures and how the 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 <laughs> the, the bible was translated from greek and the the what was lost aramaic to greek yeah, aramaic, from greek right, right, to, right. yeah and uh my dad just he was like you know asking this question bet you they won't have the answer and knowledge is power <laughs> and i was like yeah rad ask them how old the earth is and they'll say yeah. eight thousand years old. Mm. I, I articulated that really poorly, but but there was another uh, person who uh, left some some comment. Oh God, man, you know, like you need to be saved by Jesus. And and I and I I wrote back. I, I replied to this person. Said, yeah, you know, you're totally right, but I'm just gonna like wait and and for, for later. You know, and and Jesus can save me later, and I know that that like when I accept Him later, that that will wash away all the bad stuff I do between now and then. <laughs> so it's all cool, and Jesus rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was just a dickheaded thing for me to do. It was kind of an asshole comment to leave, but was this like a YouTube comment? Yeah, and and I can't don't help encourage him. I know I can't. I can't. Sometimes help I it. can't help it. Do you, do you yeah. have a YouTube channel? No, but every now and then I'll see. I, I go on Twitter like maybe once a month. Because I guess I don't really do the DMs and things like that. But like once a month, maybe once every other month, I'll just like go on there and, and see what's up. And every now and then things are just like too good to not respond to. Yeah, um, but you're probably responding to a bot. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a little too specific to be a bot. So one of them, <laughs> my favorite one that I actually had retweeted and pinned 
on my profile was someone wow, was like, do you have, it. yeah, I retweeted it and pinned it. It was just a message where someone was like, do you have any idea how much of a disappointment you are to your family? And I was just like, this is just, I like retweeted it and pinned it. Um, I just, did I, but did to. you retweet with comment or? I retweeted it with, did you guys see those like videos where people are, it's like this narration with the Arctic Monkeys song and it's like, have you ever, um, been beaten by your girlfriend with a wet spaghetti noodle because she has a twin sister and you got confused and fucked her dad well that's how it feels to drive a ford f-150 it's like this like narration and i just retweeted that with that narration as like a response wow i've always wanted to do it like a show where you get like you find the meanest comment on one of your things right like what they do on kimmel like mean tweets with yeah but 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 there's a team of hackers. It's a TV show. There's a team of hackers that finds the IP address, go to the oh. house, and then and then the guy comes home, and then Chris Hansen's in the kitchen, like, please have a seat, and then you read yeah, the tweet, and just like you man. said this thing to me, and why would you say that? Like it really hurt my or whatever, just exposed who the person is. Yeah, I don't know. That that feels even more invasive. Invasive than them hoping that you well, die right. of cancer and you're a piece of right. shit. Right, but at least you're I've gotten not. some gnarly stuff like that. I mean, that. it's a gnarly, but it's like, but why would somebody go that deep? And it's like, I, w- I right. want to see who said that. Like, what, what's going on, bud? Yeah. If it's if it's super creative, then I almost respect them. You know, like there are some really creative ones. If it's funny, of course. Or there are some ones that like flow very nicely. Like if you read it out loud, the way like calling someone a sick bitch, like the way that easy phonically sounds. But like if somebody's like, like, that's nice. If somebody says like, you know, something so fucking dark, it's like, bro. Right. Where does that come from? Yeah. Right. How? You could just respond and tell them that they need Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true too. But the best is if you just respond TLDR. <laughs> too long, didn't read. Oh. And then they'll respond and you just keep saying TLDR and they lose their shit. Oh my god, that's so good. Uh it's so good it made me think forget what I what I was thinking. Um Yeah, I know what it was. There's there's just a couple times where I was like, Man, I felt like resentful towards somebody and like I, uh, you know, felt the urge to, um, like, speak out negatively, like, you know, about, like, whatever I was feeling resentful about. And then what, what has stopped me from, from doing that is thinking to myself, would Tony Hawk ever do that? Like, no. God, no. Tony Hawk would never, like, publicly speak out like negatively about somebody so as to tarnish their reputation so, so like, you're more like wwth yeah wwth what would tony hawk do and then as it relates to dealing with negative comments it's all about what would dana white do dana white is just so on fucking phased by any negative fucking comment he's he like you fucking stupid asshole fuck up you know like and uh, I, I want to be more like Dana White, and I want to be more like Tony Hawk. Wow. Yeah, no, no, no negativity, and just not affected by mm-hmm. negativity either. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's easy. Sometimes it's right. I mean, sometimes you get high off of it because you're like blood. You, you get a little rush. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, let, let's talk more about your music. That like, uh, ha- do you have a, a full album out? Uh, I have. Yeah, my my debut album came out. Um, 
in t- end of 2020. So okay. I did all of that during like COVID, like flew to Georgia, made a whole record in like two and a half weeks. And then within like a couple months, it was out. Wow. Um, and, and what's your record label? I understand. I'm with Republic. Yeah. Republic, so, okay. well, I made the album before I signed with them. And then um, I got a meeting with uh, Monty, uh, one of the record executives. Okay. and uh, The A&R. The yeah the whole the whole uh, department and things like that and I, I met with him and I played him the whole album and he wanted to hear it like in track order and I was like you sure you want to sit with me for forty five minutes and like listen to all of this he's like yeah play it for me so I stuck the burn CD in and I played it for him and he's like all right cool so when do we start like when do we sign and I was That's like awesome. Oh, awesome and then um and since then I've put out like a couple singles and uh, like a short folk EP and and I'm I've been working on some other stuff with um, a few friends. Cool. That I'm excited to, to put out. I saw you uh, perform music on uh, Jimmy Fallon's show on mm-hmm. your Instagram. That was awesome. It was a stellar performance. To look at it, you might think that Paris really takes care of herself. And to look at me, you would think I am definitely taking care of myself. Can you believe I'm 48 years old and killing it on a skateboard, roaming around all over the world and just tip-top shape and a big part of the reason for that is athletic greens that's right man it's because my diet has no gaps because they're all filled in with ag1 from athletic greens and what is that well it's the most convenient comprehensive daily nutrition comes in a packet or a, a big thing with a scoop and it is delicious It's loaded with 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. It helps with your brain health. It makes you think better. It helps with your gut health. It fills in the gaps of your diet so that you've got all the nutrition you need. Plus it tastes delicious and it just makes you healthier and happier. Plus if you go to athleticgreens.com, well, if it's your first time, then you're gonna get five free travel packs with the comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition, plus an entire year's supply of immune-boosting vitamin D. That is a big, generous offer from the good people at, at Athletic Greens, and it is available to you if you go to athleticgreens.com slash Stevo. telling you, it's time to jump on top of your health, and that starts with your diet. So, one more time, athleticgreens.com slash Stevo, and get that deal. Now, let's talk about Fallon. Yeah. That was so fun. I'm usually, like, I'm my har- harshest critic, so sometimes I'll see videos of, like, performance that I just did, and I'm, like, not nice to myself. I'm like, yeah, well, sure. I could have been better. There, there, there. The Fallon one was the was one of the only ones where I'm just like, no, I'm satisfied with that. Like, I'm actually... You were fucking feeling it. You were and going I felt, for it. And I felt good. Yeah, I felt good. There's a lot of... I've learned, too, that, like, I... Especially with the way I'm singing now, I kind of have stopped with the sounding like how I think I'm supposed to sound because I did that for a long time just using a prettier softer voice and mm-hmm. now I'm just sounding like me and that in a bright eyes Connor Oberst kind of way is not a tone that a lot of people love it's like a in a bright eyes uh oh you know the band bright eyes like I the, know. they're like uh they're like early 2000s but, but like the guy's voice he's one of my favorite singers he's one of my favorite 
artists. Um, some people aren't like a huge fan of like the tone that he uses and how he sings. And same thing with the band Future Islands. Like I love kind of uh, just like it's different. It's not con- like a conventionally good voice. They're not doing anything wrong. They're not like right. s- hitting a wrong note. But the way they sound is just not what people. You're not going to hear it on like a mainstream radio station because right. it's just not as digestible. That's what I'm looking right. for. Digest. It's not like, as digestible. Like, a, like if I were to sing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I just like I don't know. It's it's more. I'm using a tone that feels more authentic to myself, and that's not something that people love all the time. Uh, so the Fallon thing definitely was. I got some blowback with with how I'm singing now, which is which is fine. Just negative comments. Do you get nervous before you you perform? Oh yeah. Because here, yeah. I'm curious to to know your thoughts. Steve makes me do stand up for him sometime, and like I gotta go somewhere else 20 minutes before the show. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I'm so nervous. I'm pacing, and Steve's just like you know, on wow. a on a FaceTime call right before he gets up, he's running late, and he's just like, he doesn't not bother at all. Mm-hmm. And and I even looked at we we did we checked his uh his heart rate before a show. Uh, mine's like 165 170 like it's jacked he's just like that's it's 58 <laughs> like do you do, how long do you have res- you been doing it uh, six months i hate it okay. i don't you know how long have you been doing it i've been doing it for a long time but yeah. how long have you been doing it you've been doing it for a while so if i'm about to play a show that's like a small hotel cafe kind of thing and it's just me and my acoustic guitar no nerves no whatsoever nerves. Because I, that I've been doing for a long time. I've been playing in, like, tiny local venues and, like, doing whatever, like, for, for a while now. Yeah. And so I've gotten very comfortable with that. Like Phoebe um, Buffet. Pardon? Phoebe Buffet. I'm, I don't know. That's from that Friends, the, the girl who's playing the cat. Oh, thing. yeah, exactly. The cat, she sings yeah. a cat song. Uh-huh. I don't know too much about Friends, but I know that there's, like, a cat song. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that I've been doing for a long time. For me, a long time. Um but the, the having a band and like doing like the louder stuff is is pretty brand new. So playing a festival like Boston Calling, there were like by the end of my set, there was like I think over a thousand people in the yeah. um, like my section of the audience, which was for me a lot of people. And I was so nervous beforehand, and like I get nauseous, I have to take like a Pepto or a Tums. For sure. Are you like, don't talk to me, just leave me alone? I'll shit my pants. No, I, I like to huddle with my band. <laughs> really? Like my before show, pro- if I'm really nervous, I'll like I'll I'll huddle with them, and and I love my band. They're all like, they've been doing this for a while. They're like hired guns. They play in a lot of bands together, cool. and um, they're they're older than me too, so they they can like calm my nerves. They're like, you know what you're doing. Like we got you. Yeah. I, I definitely can be nervous like especially like you know taping a special like that'll make me super nervous like even like taping like uh you know just taping the show to show to important people or or if there's important people at the show like anything that kind of raises the stakes of the show will will give me nerves and uh (laughs) i remember too i had this crazy experience like um it's kind of inappropriate for me to share but uh but i was i was um the speaker at a big 12-step meeting. And uh, and I remember being really nervous getting up to speak in front of, like, whatever it was, like, 100, 150 people, like, super nervous. And I remember going directly from there to go sit down with Mark Maron on the Mark Maron podcast. And all of a sudden, now I'm speaking to, like, fucking millions of people. And I was so totally, like... 
just sitting there with Mark Maron talking on the microphone, like no nerves at all, and it was millions of people listening compared to where I had just been so nervous in front of like 100 people. So, mm -hmm. Well, it's uh, funny the way you show your nerves because I've seen you, two instances I can recall being nervous. The first time was when you filmed your uh, Guilty as Charged and when uh -huh. you walked out in the audience and, and it was, I think it was just so overwhelming that like you took a beat for a, a, a extra longer than you should have, you know? Right. And it was kind of like a lot to, to take in. And then, and then when, when, when we showed the, uh, the skyjacking bit at in Miami with your dad in the audience right. and you came over and you were just like giggling you know you're just like oh dude like I, yeah. I just thought that was interesting of like a display of, of the same emotion but two different ways yeah I've got a, a, a really ridiculous show that I tour with called the bucket list show and uh, it, it it's uh, a multimedia show where I talk about like just the, the craziest ideas that I ever had and I never thought I would actually do them but then I did and so I show the footage of these things happening. And one of the things is called skyjacking, where I literally go skydiving for the first time ever, completely naked, with another man strapped to my back, and masturbate to completion, and simultaneously fall out of the airplane as I'm ejaculating all over the place. So he's got his dad in the audience, his wife, my dad. his sister, <laughs> their friends, their family. And, uh, and we knew it was coming. We're just like, oh, shit. That, like, that, that was enough to make me nervous. <laughs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> well, when thanks. was this? When did I do it? It's yeah. been a few years since we actually taped that bit. Yeah. So, yeah. That was one of the first things we taped for the Bucket List show. Um, it's all pretty high-level stuff. That, wow. Like, like super, super yeah. over the top stuff that I would never have been able to do for Jackass and uh, calling around to the different companies to let us do that was was interesting. It was in a challenging itself. bit. Yeah, it was it was a wildly challenging bit. Um, so when you're, uh, you know, I was thinking about like you know you um, were describing being, you know, being homeschooled and and you're know, sort of like. You know, I picture just sort of in general, you're not like a super extroverted person, you know, you're kind of, kind of quiet, like, and then I wonder how much that's at odds with just getting out on stage and just rocking and like letting it loose. Um, I can be very extroverted. I can be very, but I have a meter. Like I, I can, um, at times be like the life of a party. I know how to, uh, I know how to network. I know how to strategize. I am a big part of like being in the fashion industry as well as the music industry is, is making appearances and meeting people right. and talking to people, making friends. Um, and so I'm able to turn that on. Um, but I'm definitely for the most part, like very, very introverted. I like, I can be very extroverted with like a small group of people as well. Right. That's a lot easier and that's more organic. Uh -huh. Um, the, it, d it depends on the audience though. If I'm right. performing, like how big I'm going to go. It, it depends yeah. on the audience. Like for the the Boston show that I just did, that was wild because the it was the biggest stage I've ever played. Like the size of it. Like I was able to run top speed back and forth, and that I had never done before. But it just like it happened, and like the audience was feeling it, and I was feeling it, and I had like I'd never performed like that um, so far. That was like the first time like really giving it that much energy, and um, I saw like 
a, a good portion of the audience all like moving their heads like this in in sync with each other and i'm like okay the, most of these people have never heard my music before and i'm getting them to have this kind of reaction that feels great that hypes me up i'm gonna keep going and i'm gonna uh. make it bigger and i'm gonna yell louder and i'm gonna like really project but then there have definitely been times where people are just like not feeling the set or like uh so you're kind and, of feeding yeah. off the crowd and what their energy mm -hmm. is and so it either uh, it goes kind of one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the the last tour that I went on, one of the first shows that we did, I was opening up for this um, kind of like a bluesy John Mayery kind of dude. I don't want to like compare him to another artist, but that's what it makes me think of. Um, and we were in Vegas, we we're like the small venue in Vegas, and it was like on the outskirts of Vegas too, so it wasn't where like the party is, and it was like a, a relatively empty venue because they're not here for me they're here for the guy that they bought the tickets for like mm -hmm. i'm just the opener um so that was just like kind of like a dead show and i was just i was like looking over at my guys and i'm like all right let's power through like let's just let's get through this um uh -huh. so it kind of it depends so talk to us about the fashion industry i, mean, I don't know I, I feel like i've seen you um kind of in, in that how many countries life. have you been to because of fashion because of fashion? Um, like, yeah, how many countries have you been to their fashion week? <laughs> oh, um, only... For sure, France. Oh, yeah, that, that's Milan. the one that I go to. That, that's my go-to is, is Paris Fashion Week. I, I try and go uh, twice a year. Um, I still have yet to go to Milan Fashion Week. That's a bucket list for <clears> sure. Um, and then I've done London a couple times and New York a few. And when I first started, like six years ago, I did New York Fashion Week a lot because I was with Calvin Klein. So when um, when you started six years ago, in what capacity did you start? Um, modeling. Yeah, I, I first started with the modeling, like Run, doing runway. No, actually, my my debut runway, like proper Fashion Week runway, was walking for Gautier in uh, Paris Fashion Week right before COVID hit and it was uh Jean-Paul Gaultier's final show as a designer before like doing like this whole retiring thing like 50 years in the business and it was like it was huge I remember like going to the casting and like doing it and being so nervous because I had I've done like auditions and castings for acting and fashion and been told no before um because I'm well aware of like my platform and how my name can get me into a room but whether I get the job that's dependent upon like am I capable of it and you know Versace's told me no before because my walk just wasn't it like I just didn't wow. have the walk yet and that crushed me but then when I went to the casting and I got the Gautier gig like that was like so it felt really good and I knew that a, a massive part of that I had earned and um I was able to do it and I didn't trip I was wearing like six inch wedge heels and Does that happen um, a lot people tripping yeah especially in like the shoes that I was in like there were there stairs sometimes on the runway so if you uh it's a lot easier to fall if there are stairs and you're wearing like six inch like stilettos or wedges and yeah i feel like if you were if you do a youtube search for like models eating shit on the runway there's probably like mass compilations oh, yeah so many people i feel like i feel like everyone falls at least once i feel like that's pretty it's got to be a rite of passage you fell i have not yet <laughs> yet though i mean yeah. it's you know it can happen. are you even a model if you haven't fell <laughs> <laughs> no that, that's epic and so when when uh when you're doing this like high level fashion stuff is it like it's got to be obnoxiously lucrative huh it's what do you mean like uh to, to walk the runway for go ta like does, is there like a bunch of money that comes with that um i think it depends on the person 
and it depends on I mean I got like a standard a standard rate right they usually depends on the brand okay depends on the brand some I'm sure you you, you walk for free some of them it's like they'll pay keep you a the lot clothes. no you never get to keep the clothes yeah yeah I feel it's like all, especially that, that goatee one a lot of it was archival which is like some of it's like priceless yeah, like uh, like Kim Kardashian wearing the Marilyn Monroe dress. Yeah, that's like a that's a very like priceless kind of kind of yeah. piece. I have one actually. One of my favorite things that I own is uh, one of Lee Alexander McQueen's designs uh, from his Fall Winter Collection in two thousand seven, and um, I like wore it in a music video and I ended up buying it. It ended up like fitting me perfectly, which usually never happens because I'm not I'm not sample size. Um, so the fact that it like fit me was like really exciting and um, sample size is like a fit model. It's like the st- yeah sample size is like the standard that they usually um, design for, and then um, you can tailor it once the once it's been. Is that the same size as a mannequin? Yeah. Not to be yeah, rude. Yeah, that would be if no. That know. would be that would be sample size. Yeah. So there have been times where I have fit into sample size before, and also every brand's different. Like YSL sample size is a lot smaller than like say, uh, Gautier. YSL for the for for the people who maybe you don't know is Yves Saint Laurent. Saint wow. Yeah. So you're saying Gautier and I'm thinking about the song Somebody I Used to Know. That's like <laughs> I'm like, oh cool. It spells a little different. Sounds the same though. It sounds the same, yeah. Gautier. Sounds the same. Um so so you get the, the the music is popping off, the fashion is popping off. Have you have you uh where's the acting at? Acting's cool. Uh I've done I've done a few like cool things that I'm I'm proud of. Um, nothing as of super, re- I mean, I did something in April, it's not out yet, um, but nothing on the horizon right now, so far, right. you know, we'll see. And, um, like, in the digital, of course you have the Instagram, but, uh, but you see, The Instagram? Yeah, but you don't, um... You you don't have your own YouTube channel or anything. I I do. I'm not the one that runs it though. Okay. Same with like Facebook. Okay. The Facebook. The I don't. Facebook. I haven't used the Facebook uh, since I was like 17. I used to have like my own personal account. And now there's like a a main account that's run by a team. So so for for the YouTube, mm-hmm. um, the the, <laughs> the the YouTube that gets run by somebody else. What kind of stuff goes on your YouTube channel? Like uh, the music videos and stuff lyric okay. videos for like my music and things like that it's ma- it's mainly music focused okay my Kimmel performance my Fallon performance and um ha- have you made music videos for your songs that are mm-hmm. just like legit yeah there's there's a few uh the first really big one was to promote the my debut album and that uh-huh. one was was wild because we had like Eli Roth consulting and the the chick that did the uh, ballroom scene in Beauty and the Beast she was our like main uh, choreographer those people like that team was our Beauty main Beauty and the Beast with the the chick from Harry Potter yeah yeah we had like a remarkable team and we uh-huh. did it all in like one night it was like one of the bigger budget ones and uh, it was like a short film and I was so proud of that one. Um, my heart gets ripped out at the end and you can like see it beating and I'm like bleeding on the floor. It's very dramatic. And I learned how to waltz for that video. Like it was a whole, I took lessons. That one was super fun. And then one of the more like mellow ones, uh, was a duet that I did with like my hero. Um, and it was more like we were playing with light and photography and I I was like creative director and I specifically asked for like someone that is more of an expert with photography as opposed to directing because I wanted uh-huh. to like play with light and silhouettes and like chopping up our faces and putting them together kind of thing not in like a gory way but in a editing way 
the uh, I'm, I still can't get past your heart being ripped out and it's beating. I'll send it to you after I leave here. It's and it starts, starts like beating. It's your heart is ripped out by presumably by a hand and it's a hand holding a heart that's beating. It's like my lover in the video. Wow. And, and uh, do you find that with your music videos on YouTube that the, um, the 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 viewership on it is just like insanely high? Like, I mean, in general, I think music videos on YouTube get like a ton of views. I think it depends on the artist. Like, I've gotten like I don't know. I think I think that video, the heart one, maybe has two or three million. Okay. Which is significantly lower compared to like a lot of artists. Right, right. Post right. Malone's not... getting like nine hundred ninety-nine point nine right. million. Yeah, right, right, right. Some people right. get billions. Uh, billions. I'm like, I'm not uh, by any means uh, like a super like well-known musician. Like my music isn't like right. super super well-known. I like. I have a couple like friends that are in local bands and stuff, and I'm in the same like monthly monthly listener category as like a lot of my like right. local LA band friends. You notice too as well that with the music videos on YouTube that it's not even YouTube; it's like Vivo. Vivo, yeah. Vivo. So like, I, I, I don't, don't know, really like, know like the difference. I don't either. Yeah, I don't know the difference. Maybe they either. bought Vivo out and they just get all the money for it. Yeah. If you have, if you can drive traffic of everybody listening to one song of yours that's out right now, which song would that be? Adagio, but people, it, it's one of the. It's more. It's less of a song and more of a demonstration. It's like over six minutes long. Yeah. Okay, like, and that's it, that's got its own YouTube link. Yeah. There's so, a, there's like a like a dark lyric video attached to it. I know, did it with my favorite band in the world, so that was very exciting for me. Well, what's your favorite band in the world? Manchester Orchestra. They're like my all time. Yeah. Orchestra. Manchester Orchestra. Oh, Manchester. I, I thought. It, yeah. That, uh, You're thinking Manchester United. I was thinking, no, I was thinking Ma, the Mahavishnu Orchestra, which is John McLaughlin, this jazz musician I like. You like jazz? Yeah. I mean, I, I've liked it in the past. A lot, you Pat Metheny? Like Pat Metheny, George Benson, Earl Clue, John <laughs> McLaughlin. guy. He picks me up one time and he's listening to this and I'm like, Who, what are you listening to? He's like, Jim Benson. <laughs> like, he's like, no, he, he used to perform with Earl Klug. I'm like, excuse me? Like, I'm fully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, the only reason I know those names is because Steve listens to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm a weird guy. What do you want? No, no, I just thought it was yeah, funny yeah. because you were like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. So, um, so for, uh, you know, like, we, we put this podcast out on, like, like every audio platform that podcasts ex- exists, and then we have YouTube as well. And it's so like for the YouTube version, we can put in the the description YouTube links to these songs. So that okay, sweet. Anybody consuming this on YouTube can just go to the video description and find the links. We got to put the beating heart in there. Sure. Yeah, the, the heart ripped out, and then the adagio one. Adagio one. That one's my so far my favorite uh, song of mine. That's like out. Um, Partially because, like, literally my favorite band, I did it with them. But what? also because it's just, uh, if I, like, if I don't know if you guys are Radiohead fans, but they're like another favorite of mine. Radio, isn't Radiohead the band that like reformed with like practically the same lineup as a different name? The Smile. That's uh, the new. Yeah, it's it's Johnny and Tom from uh, from Radiohead. They're like doing like a. And weren't they something before they were Radiohead? They stereo had face. A lot of, <laughs> they have um I mean I know Tom York does like a lot of different side projects like he also has one called like Adams for Peace which is which is solid and he does stuff under under Tom York. He did the entire like um soundtrack for Suspiria like the remake of Suspiria which is fa- like a fantastic uh, soundtrack and 
Um, another one you can throw in there. It's not a YouTube link. It's a Netflix thing, but it's a 15-minute okay. short film that Tom York did with Paul Thomas Anderson to support Anima, which was like an album of his. One of the greatest pieces of work I've ever seen in my that entire life. That sounds like it, it doesn't have anything to do with you, though. No, You're it just doesn't. a fan of it. I'm just a fan. And I so, wanna, yeah, we're not putting that in there. I'm just trying to get Tom <laughs> York to love I just want Tom York to love me. <laughs> what, uh, gotcha. what does adagio mean? Adagio in slow tempo. It's... um. So I'm like here, like low key shitting on jazz. I listen to classical music. I grew up like listening She's to like classical music. She's like minor in jazz in college. Um, no, Adagio for Strings by Samuel Barber is one of my favorite songs, and it's um, it was kind of the title of it was like kind of homage to Samuel Barber, who's like a fantastic uh, composer. But I I grew up listening to some classical, and sometimes I still listen to it. Yeah, right, right on. So, so uh. Here's a motorcycle that you rode here. This is a scooter. It's not a, a scooter. I, like yeah. a Vespa. Yeah, it's a little piglet. I will one day get a hog, but right now it's just a little little piglet. Man, my girl, um, like owned a motorcycle, and I was like, you gotta get rid of that fucking thing. Like, it's so dangerous. Yeah. I, uh, yeah how is. far did you drive that thing? I've taken it up to Topanga from, like, around this area before. Yeah. Because I, I have a motorcycle, and it's like a, it's rough to ride that thing. If it's okay. not like a... Uh, I, I bought a Royal Enfield. No shit? Yeah. Dude, that's the one that I want to get. Royal I want to get a Royal Enfield. I, 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 I rode around India, which, by the way, got picked up on Indie Flicks. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. When did that happen? I signed the contract like last week, and so wow. they, they aired on Indie Flicks. It's a pay-per-view. I, I rode a motorcycle around India for a month. Sweet. And then I like filmed myself going to different like ashrams and meditation places. And then I loved it so because I rode a Royal Enfield over there that I bought one when I got home and I just keep it at the warehouse and I ride it around. But if it's it, it's like a 499 cc mm-hmm. and it's it, it, if you're riding it to Topanga, like it's a bitch to ride on the freeway, you know, if it's not like a, a, a powerful one. Up and, down the hills. and like there's so much that can go wrong, but I, and so I try to like just take it for a driver. I remember I was riding from Malibu to here. And, uh, and I was, you know, my helmet was all fucked up and you know, the little face shield, the hinge came off and it swung around and I was going so fast that my face went like this and I couldn't see. And so I, I, it's like, you have to not panic yeah and you slow down, but like, and then like go slow enough to turn your face in. But it's so crazy because there's so many fucking things that can go wrong on a motorcycle, but it's oh, so yeah. fun lane splitting. It, it's a it's a blast. It, it's funny. Royal Enfield is the one that I really really want to get. My rock climbing buddy has one, and I've what, ridden on the back of it. What kind does What kind does he have? I don't know the exact model, but I know it's one of the rare ones that they only made for two years, and then only a few. Is it a were different? Is it a cool color? It's gorgeous. It's like silver with like black and yellow. Yeah, I think that's the bullet. It's, it's the uh, I got the I got the the baby blue. It's funny that my, every all of my other friends that ride, including my brother, they all ride Harleys. Mm-hmm. And being like an 80s heavy metal fan, like that's the one that I've always wanted up until recently. Like I rode on the back of an Enfield and I'm like, oh, I think this is... You know, you tell, them, you tell them it's the Harley of India, babe. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He told me, uh, my, my climbing buddy's like, look, you'll, you'll go somewhere on Sunset Boulevard and there'll be a row of Harleys lined up. Yeah. But no one's gonna comment on any of the Harleys if they see Royal Enfield. They'll always comment on that. Everybody one. always says something about mine. And I walked out. Uh, uh, I rode it to somewhere one time, and I walked out, and some guy had his dog on there. He was taking a picture of it, and like the nails were digging into the seat. Mm. And like, 
what do I do here? You know, it's kind of like a, a pause. It's like, okay, the guy's taking a picture, but then you see okay. the thing's nails digging into the leather, okay. and I'm like, what kind of dog was it? Chihuahua? Let, yeah, let me push back a little bit here. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Animal, right. If the, if the dog is small enough to be sitting on a motorcycle seat, presumably it's not heavy enough for its nails to do damage to the seat. You tell me, because the thing was just like, <laughs> and then they, he picked it up, and I was like, hey, what's going on? And he's, was just shake. That's just how they are. Okay, and then when he pulled it out, the leather came with his fingernails. No, so it's like, no. if I was like a, you know. A, <laughs> well, I think it's less about the dog, and it's more about the person. I've learned that some people in the world, and you can sometimes tell when you meet someone just right, right off, they've never been slapped. Yeah. Some people just have never gotten their ass beat before. And yeah. you can tell. Wow, I had a dream that I got beat up in my dream, like, last night. Last night? How I got the fucking crap beat out of me. Do you ever, like, try and, like, punch back, but it feels like you're punching yeah. in, like, underwater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I had a dream the other night, and I don't really dream that much, that some guy was just, like, putting things in my hand to, in prison to keister. And it was a... <laughs> And it was a pager, and it was a broken in half pager, like the, the, the clip was off, and so I'm like, in your dream, I gotta put this up my, and then like I woke up, and then I... Imagine it's a premonition, it's like a... Oh, fuck, dude, <laughs> don't even start with that. That's got, that's got I have a some, pretty... I have weird, weird dreams, like yeah. oh, like there's some dismemberment, and then Jar Jar Binks pops up out of nowhere, and all of a sudden like Tweety's there, but Tweety turns into Big Bird from Sesame, it's like yeah. weird stuff happens in my dreams. How like, often like, do you dream? Every night. Do you dream every night, Steve? Uh, I would say so, yeah. And, and you know what? I think that um, I've been um, taking melatonin, like, a lot. You know, I like to, I take melatonin, <laughs> Jesus, like, every dude. night. And, and I'm finding that melatonin really, like, makes dreams more... Vivid. Yeah. But I, I dream twice every six months. Like, I don't remember. You take it. Did you write them down? Like crazy. No. Yes. you write them down? No. Nah. I write them down. They're... Wow. Weird. Do you think sometimes, they mean sometimes I'll like pull them out, huh? You think they mean something? Um, you know, there have been a few times, especially in the last like year and a half, and this could just be me looking to make it a reality. But there have been times where I have like deciphered it or like uh, what's it? What's it called when you um, Ooh, um interpret interpret? Yeah. So I've done the interpreting thing and. It ends up being, like, extremely accurate in, like, a spooky way, and sometimes I'll, like, double-check with my friends, just be like, am I crazy? So I'll, like, if I have a dream that feels like it might mean something, I'll tell someone, and then in, like, a week or two, if that thing ends up coming true, I'll hit up that friend and be like, yo, guess what happened? And then I'll have, like, a, kind of like a person to go off of, just so I know I'm not, like, insane. Yeah. Um, but much like witchcraft or tarot cards or uh, dream interpretation all the things like i don't know how real it is like it could be me literally just manifesting it law of attraction style and me like it just being the power of the mind it could be that it's real or it could be that i'm just making it all up and it's not actually real but i do know that there are results and i've seen results so it doesn't really matter to me whether it's real or not. If I'm all seeing right. results and it feels good, then I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, I feel like dreams are like you're living out a, a, you in another multiverse. You know, it's like some kind of shit going down. Well, what's interesting is I my dreams are so real that, like, I can feel the facial hair on someone. I can smell their cologne. I can, like, it feels wow. just as real as this. But I feel like the only reason why I consider this to be reality is because this one lasts longer. Like, this one is the most consistent one. Yeah. But like, some of my dreams are just as real as this. They just, they're shorter. Really? And yeah. I, 
I would agree with all of that, just except for the fact that there's just so much, like, negative bullshit that goes on in my dreams a lot of the time, like, and, uh, and there's also, like, just so much abstract, like, just shit that doesn't make any sense that, like... Just a floating baby. Right, for me to give weight, for me to lend credibility to the things that happen in my dream and, and, like, ascribe to that some kind of meaning, like... I just would be lending credibility to some negative shit a lot of the time that I don't even want to entertain. Yeah. That's There's a true. lot of negative stuff in this yeah. reality, too, though. That you're right about that. Not that. to turn it back to Ishmael, but that's right. like... YouTube for sure. comments. Pardon? YouTube comments. YouTube comments. Right. Yeah, for sure. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's that. probably just as much negative in both worlds that... When did he read Ishmael? Recently. Recently, Very okay. recently. And, and you know there's a second one. That, uh, I have it. Actually, I finished the book that I was reading today, and I planned on, after I leave here, starting the story of B. It, story of story, story of B. It's the yeah, second it's one. The I was going to start B. it tonight after I left here. You know, home. I started the story of B and, and, and didn't uh, get it, didn't ever really get the momentum going with it. Mm-hmm. The story of B starts with uh, the phenomenon of locks. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm but I remember in Ishmael, yeah. he kept saying Buana. And and I kept listening. He's like, "Yes, Buana," and he said it throughout the whole audiobook That I uh, it drove me so nuts that I pulled over to a Barnes and Noble and, and found the book and read. And, and he kept calling the guy Buana. It's like B W A N A, yeah, which is like a sign of respect in oh, African wow. cultures. Okay, it's just such a fascinating book. Yeah, I got to give you my book. I got I've got um, two now. The, the my first one came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, New York Times bestseller, five-star really? rating on Amazon. It's like my, awesome. my, my uh, proudest shit that I ever made. And now my second book comes out next month on September 27th. Can that's people awesome. pre-order that, Steve? They can pre-order it. And if you pre-order it, <laughs> um, that's the, the way to get an autographed copy of the hardcover when it's new. It's like uh, my little trick to try to sell pre-orders. Where can they pre-order it? At SIBO.com, right at the top <laughs> of the website. You can... Uh, <laughs> you can He's good at this. <laughs> yeah. He just threw him up the softball. Dude, I love that, man. Thank you. Hey, so, yeah, I would, I would love to share that with you. That would be super cool. Yeah, Do you have any tours coming up? Yeah, I'm um, going on tour with The Revivalists, which is super exciting. Um, and, and where can people buy tickets for this? <laughs> on The Revivalists' website. I think they're on my website, too. Cool. And your website um, is... <laughs> Let me look it up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm not like a technology person. I'm not really. That's great. <clears throat> good with all this stuff. Let's see. What's my website? You could. There's a. Nope. This is a pre-save link. I don't know. Maybe just on my Instagram or. That that works. Cool. All right. So maybe link in bio. Yeah. yeah link in bio. Something yeah, like that. Link, yeah. Link in bio on the Instagram. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, is there anything else that um, that we can draw attention or uh, traffic to? Um, we're gonna be like, Adagio. We're gonna be, Adagio. We, we need everybody who's consuming this on YouTube to get into the the video description and consume these two music videos. Yeah, I, I did a, a music video recently for my latest single, Lighthouse, but I also have another single coming out relatively soon-ish. And and when when you do consume these music videos that you find in the video description, then we want them to also subscribe to the channel sure. on which those videos live. They they can do that if and they ring want. the bell so you can be sure. the first to know about future video uploads. Yeah, and I, leave and a I, couple hateful comments. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, you'll pin them on your Twitter. Yeah. 
I, I like when you ask the the guest the same question that Mike Tyson asked right. you. That's a special one. Yeah, Mike Tyson at the end of the podcast he said he said these cameras, they're millions of people. Like uh while you have their attention, what do you want them to know? It's heavy, man. It's heavy. It's heavy. Um, yeah, I was I was I was pretty impressed by. It. I forget what I even said. It's, it takes you back because you're like, yeah. You know what? Like, I, I, I'll, I'll answer for you. Yeah, because I want to run this by you. It's something that I feel really strongly about, and and I love, and it's kind of uh, my mantra in life, which is that to be successful, you know, is is something that most everybody wants. And when we think about what makes people successful. Um, Intelligence is helpful, mm-hmm. right? Talent is useful. Mm-hmm. But intelligence and talent are absolute chicken shit compared to enthusiasm. Mm. Enthusiasm is the engine which drives like everything that matters, you know, everything that makes one successful. Motivation and willingness. Yeah, mm-hmm. enthusiasm. And if you break down enthusiasm to its um, Greek or Latin roots, what you have is entheos, which means with God. So when you're fucking on fire, when you're passionate, when you're enthusiastic, like you're doing God's work. I have a fun fact for you. Okay. So the word inspiration Ooh. in Greek is translated to God's breath. Wow. Um, but breath in Hebrew is the same word as soul. So if you translate it to Hebrew, it could be God's breath or God's soul. That's what I have tattooed here next to my Ishmael one. I love it. I asked you if, uh, if Tommy Lee knew that knew about your Motley Crue tattoo. He said, oh, yeah, he knows. Oh, yeah, he knows. He knows. Like, uh, so are you buddies with Tommy Lee? Yeah, I met him. Uh, we've hung out a few times. I've known him for a few years now. Um, I, I know Brandon a little bit about his kid, who's okay. like around my age. I know him right, a little right, right. better. But, yeah, they're, they're all very sweet. Yeah, uh, Tom, nice. Tommy's just the fucking greatest, man. We had so much fun with Tommy on the podcast. We had so much fun with him. And, he's it, funny. Yeah, he he's really funny. is. He's funny and he's cool and he's easygoing. He's like, he's like, he's like, it's always been a little kid. He's got that little kid energy and and. Uh, I feel like the dirt, MGK, the dirt, like that's who he like portrayed and like that's pretty spot on with how he was. Yeah, I love those books, the Heroin Diaries, the Dirt, Tattoos yeah. and Tequila. I read those all when I was like fourteen. Loved them. Nice. Great, great books. Yeah. The the I thought about the audience thing. I love the the motivation's important. The knowledge is important. Like all the the talent's important. Um, but yeah, that motivation helps with like the legwork and like actually sure. kind of like faith without works is dead. That whole thing. Right. It's like knowledge is power, but if you don't do anything with it, you're really not doing anything. Right. Like, it has to be put into action. Yeah, I think that's too what uh, what what made my dad so happy with me calling Motley Crue. It's like you know I had that. I was doing God's work, man. Yeah. Calling on fucking Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, that's and, cool. Yeah, it's been super rad too. Like going, like what a, what a, what a great experience to mm-hmm. to do this with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a yeah. to meet you. Pleasure it's to meet you to too. See you again. Yeah, very good energy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I work hard on that. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell. I mean, the the Wendy veered straight from me to you, yeah. and it's never happened. Pardon? The, Wendy's just veered sh- f- yeah. from me to you. Now and she's just, yeah, she's napping I'm now. forever fucking jealous of how much my dog loves fucking him. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, Steve <laughs> came number three to, to Wendy in this podcast. <laughs> right. Well, right on. Um, yeah, so, so we, we can just, we, 
Should we hit record now and start doing it? <laughs> Call it there, but uh, but yeah, if you have any thoughts where you're like, oh, dude, fuck, like take that out, just let us know. Like I said, man, we're not. I think it's fine. I don't think I said anything too incriminating. And there you have it, folks. A fascinating young lady named Paris Jackson, and I like to consider her a friend. I think uh, I think that she would be okay with me saying that. Also, uh, I like to consider Rue a friend. He's a uh, <laughs> a mischievous little guy and I don't know if he's uh, supposed to be with us on the bus or, or at my house but I think we're going to help find him a home and I think that I'm going to just get into the habit of finding more homes for more animals because that's what I'm about man like Curly from the Three Stooges go ahead and google Curly, C-U-R-L-Y, from the Three Stooges, and dogs. Get a load of that guy. Saved and rescued, homed, 5,000 dogs estimated in his life. That's what he was about, man. And I'm taking a cue from old Curly. With that, I love you and thank you. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.